Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style, a weekly podcast hosted by Pat Wesolowski. Pat began homeschooling her nine children more than 25 years ago. It didn't take her long to discover that co-ops were a perfect fit for her educational goals. Co-ops allowed her family to study together with other families, creating a safe and friendly environment that was conducive to honing public speaking skills. Sharing responsibilities with other parents lessened the stress and the workload. After years of organizing and orchestrating a variety of co-ops, Pat is here to encourage, teach, and promote homeschooling co-op style. Hi, welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style. I'm excited about our interview today. It's going to be with Charlotte Baker. And Charlotte is a longtime homeschooling friend who's willing to come on the air and share uh, a tribulation she had, a trial she had that brought her to co-oping that ended up being quite a, a blessing to her. And we know some of our listeners have gone through and are probably going through some tough times in their lives. And although most people don't think, wow, co-ops are a solution, they certainly help. So welcome to the show, Charlotte. Thanks so much, Pat. It's good to be with you. Well, I appreciate your willingness to share what was a hard time in your life and talk to our listeners about co-oping. So you go ahead and share what you feel comfortable sharing. Okay. Well, um, I have two children. My son, Price, is 20, and my daughter, Eva, is 17. She's still at home being homeschooled. And about three years ago, unfortunately, my husband and I went through a divorce. And that, as you can imagine, completely rocked our world and was the most difficult time that we have been through. Children and I... God was so good during that time, but it was obviously a really difficult time. And may I add, not a stellar academic year for us in homeschool, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So that following year in 2010, that following school year, I knew that we needed to make a change. We were having a difficult time moving forward. We weren't always on schedule with schoolwork, and we really just needed accountability. We were desperate for accountability. But my financial means to pay uh, large amounts to put the children in school, which was not my desire, or to go with a tuition-based co-op was really just not possible for me at that time. And we found this wonderful group in the Jacksonville area called The Vine, and they are a a complete, full-service homeschooling co-op for families that is extremely low cost. They base everything that they do on parent volunteerism and parent activity within the group. They have a nursery for babies. They go all the way through high school classes. And the way that it works is you pay a, a low um, yearly fee per family, less than $300 for the year, and then as a parent, you commit to be involved in the group. You either assist in two classes or you can teach one class, and that fulfills your responsibilities towards the group. And by all of the parents pitching in and all of them pulling together, teaching and assisting teachers in classes, they're able to provide nursery for the little ones all the way through middle and high school classes. They meet once a week. There are four class hours to choose from. You can get all of your core classes taken care of. And can you do as few as one? 
Can you, you choose can. how many you do, or do you ha- are you committed to all four? No, you can choose how many you do, and it's completely up to each family. At that point with Eva, we chose to do all four of the classes, so she was in a science class, a history class, an English comp class, as well as a math class. And so what happens is there's instruction given at co-op every Friday, and then the teacher gives assignments. We would come back home. We would work through those assignments together. She would have a a deadline. She would have to turn those assignments in that next Friday. And, Pat, I just cannot tell you what a blessing that group was to us. It was not my – it would never have been my intention to homeschool through a co-op. Um, we were I was very independent as a homeschooler and did everything just us here at the house. But that experience of being divorced really thrust us into this co-oping homeschool world and it has been an amazing blessing to us. I'm very thankful for it. And and there are some advantages to co op that you just can't replicate at home. You can't have your child in that same situation when you're just home alone with the child, right? Absolutely. One of the things that one of the things that really stands out to me is our science classes. The Vine uses Apology of Science for its high school science classes, and I was familiar with that curriculum, and I knew that it would be good for us to use. But the blessing of going on Fridays, one of the moms is an RN. She's a nurse. She she still works part time as a nurse, and she taught the biology class, so hmm. she was so well qualified. And and not that someone has to be a nurse to to do a great job teaching one of those classes, but she was, and she was very qualified, and the fact that they did the labs there at co-op meant that I did not have to go out and purchase supplies. I did not have to go and try to get it all together, and just the two of us doing science experiments together at home, I feel certain (laughs) that many of those experiments would have been skipped had we been on our own. That's why my kids didn't dissect animals. <laughs> but in addition to that, there's, you know, people talk about homeschoolers not being socialized, and those of us who have been in this movement forever laugh at that because it's more of a how to limit their socialization than, than to provide for socialization. But co-ops are a good way to do that, too, because they're in a safe and friendly environment. And because the parents are so involved, then they're right on top of any issues that come up. And you can actually, in co-op, teach conversations resolution when there are situations like that. So it does present some opportunities to teach social skills as well. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. I do agree with that. And Eva had the opportunity in even a a geography class that she did one year for, for her history credit she did multiple presentations in that class, and it, you know you can't do public speaking without a public. <laughs> and yeah, so right. the fact that she she had other students and her instructor there, and she could do her presentations, gave her that opportunity to to speak in front of others and pre- prepare presentation boards. They did all sorts of projects. We even went on field trips. Um, together with the co-op and so there were just so many added benefits to being a part of that group but at the end of the day for me our our purpose in going to the group was for the accountability that we knew that every Friday we had to go back we had to have papers turned in we had to have studied for an exam we had to have our assignments ready to go and in the situation that we were in in our personal lives, we 
desperately needed that level of accountability. Right, because when you're going through tribulations, when you have a hard time, there's a tendency to be lethargic or, or, or just depressed and just not motivated, and it's really hard to push yourself out of that. But when you have a group of friends who are holding you accountable and encouraging you and probably lifting you up every Friday as well, uh, they're sharing your burden, they're helping you through it, then that's huge. Absolutely, and, and the fact of the matter is is that there were days it was hard for us to get out of bed. And we we needed that push. And everyone was so kind to us. And I was able to fulfill my responsibilities within the group and be a full participant in the group. But there was a lot of grace and there was a lot of kindness. And I do know that there were people that prayed for us. And they were even, they were so flexible with me because even the small annual fee was a difficulty for me. And so they extended the deadline and allowed me to make these little tiny payments every week when we came in. And even that, even that small kindness to me was a balm to my heart when everything else in life was so difficult. We have had several co-ops with um, single parents involved, and we, the beauty of co-oping is you can be flexible, and we have been, and we have allowed students to participate, although most of the time we require the parents to be present, and, and most parents want to be because they enjoy seeing their children learning and participating with that, but there are times when that just can't happen. So it, it's good to be flexible and to be open and not to have every rule you know, ironclad and everything black and white with no gray because life is filled with grays. And so we want to have grace for the grays, and we want to to be able to encourage and uplift. And, you know, in a perfect world, we don't have divorce, but our world is not perfect. And the reality right. is that happens far too often than we'd like to admit or acknowledge, but it does. And so these children who um, are caught in this, they need they need to be encouraged. They need to be around others. They need the prayer. They need normalcy. And that's what co-op provided for you, right? Absolutely. It really did. And as I found out, my son has a very different learning style than my daughter does. And so although he did an amazing job and he was out of high school and graduated by the time we ever did a co-op, and it's so funny, Pat, I only have two children, always had hoped for more, but we only have two children. And with two children, I felt like I had a little class, like we had a little school and we did our thing and we did things together and and made the most of our homeschooling opportunities. But when my son grew up and, and moved on in life, he's living and working in Tallahassee now, all of a sudden it was just Eva and I, and we felt very much alone. And come to find out by joining this co-op, Eva absolutely thrives in that kind of little classroom setting. You know, there are usually eight to ten students per class. Yeah, I, have some, I have some children like that. They just love it. They love it. She does. She absolutely loves the interaction with the other students. But really, even more importantly for Eva, she loves the interaction with the teacher. She loves the fact that they they explain the lesson and they talk about it in class and they have class discussions. And then when she goes home to read the material or complete the assignments, she feels prepared to do that. And she really does thrive in that classroom setting, whereas my son was very independent, very highly motivated to work on his own and get his things done. And without this experience of being in a co-op, I would never have known that about my daughter because we would have stayed right here at home, probably just us. That's great. You have mentioned two things that I'm excited to hear you say because, to be honest with you, 
when I heard about your description of co-op, I thought, that's not co-op, that's classes. And oftentimes people will call classes co-ops and yet the parents aren't participating and the children aren't participating and it's just a, a teacher up front giving a lecture and what you're describing is not that at all. And you've mentioned that they do give presentations and that there is discussion. And to me, that's one of the best benefits of classroom situations, which we call co-ops, is giving the students opportunity to give the presentations and then to have the discussions that involve adults and children, because that's, right. that's just huge. And it's so good that they have the ability and the opportunity to interact with adults. And so the fact that you can participate, you can assist in their room or teach another class and then be in their classes is really big. One of the co-ops I was in one year to be able to afford it, I did have to teach, and I couldn't be with my children because what they needed taught wasn't the class my children were in. And that that was so hard for me because I like being with them. I like participating in what they're participating in. So that was big. Well, let me ask you this because we've had small fees in our co-ops, and they usually cover printing materials or crafts or experiments. Why the $300? Are they renting a facility? Well, they're the church facility where they meet every Friday is um, it is a small church. It's a long-term church. It's been there for a long time. And the church has an aging congregation, and they've been struggling financially. And so the co-op has committed to paying a, a monthly fee for the use oh. of those facilities. And I, I may not have explained correctly, Pat, the Vine is an enormous group of people. There are over 60 families involved. When we descend on that church every Friday, we use up every <laughs> space there is. I mean, every nook and cranny of that facility is filled with children. They allow us to use their entire nursery area for the toddlers and the babies that come. Wow. And that allows the moms to participate with their older children. And so I think that as far as I know, the bulk of, of that fee goes toward making a gift every month to that facility because, and, and I don't even know that the the, the cost really t covers it for, for uh, what they allow us to do to come in and take over their buildings for almost an <laughs> entire day on a Friday. I think they've, they've been incredibly generous. And I know that there are other fees. There's an insurance fee that the co-op has to pay that's quite costly. And oh, yeah. the Vine provides the curriculum and teaching materials for the parents to use. Okay. Well, then that, that's and another so they, they maintain, like, a little yeah. closet. And, and so if you're going to be teaching biology the next year, then they're going to give you all of those materials so that you're not out that cost personally. That's covered by the co-op. And those, those small yearly fees go to cover all of those things. Yeah, and then you're a blessing to the church too, especially if it's you know helping them stay afloat. So that's exactly. really good. And you, and our co-ops, we often have we bring in when we can guest speakers, and we take up collections for them. I mean, we've given them everything from meal gift cards to store gift cards to cash to whatever we have, because we do want to compensate both the facility and the people who come in um, for their time and for, and for using their facility. So that's that's good to do. So that's really that's really neat. Um, let me ask you, do all the classes have time for presentations? Does it depend on the class and does it depend on the teacher and are some more intentional about that than others? Well, in both a history class and in a geography class, there are presentations that Eva was involved in both of the years that we were at the Vine. And 
not so much in her math class. There were no presentations, obviously. Oh, yeah. Much <laughs> <laughs> and I taught an English comp class. My my first year, I assisted in two classes. My second year, I taught an English comp class. I taught an upper-level research writing paper class so that kids could be prepared for like a freshman 101, 102 class in college uh-huh. or dual enrollment. And I had each of the students do a full-blown presentation that would take up a class period uh, regarding the research paper that they had completed by the end of the year. And so they're getting that practice. That's good. They absolutely are. And and I know that that's happening in other classes. And even they they do the greatest things in some of the science classes. They'll have the kids do, there will be a contest and they'll bring in a cake and it's designed and decorated to look like a cell. <laughs> and cool. with the nucleus and the... I love thematic snacks. Absolutely. <laughs> and so they would be on display and everyone in the co-op could vote on what their favorite was. And, there, you know, there would be some small prize award, awarded and then everyone would have cake. <laughs> and and, and so what a great way was, to learn by the students absolutely. who had to put together the cake to look like the cell and then those who got to eat the parts of the cell... <laughs> That's great. Exactly. It was so much fun, and and it was a way that you know those classes we all got involved in what they had done, even sure. though it might have been a sixth grade science class, but we all got to see what they had done. And I remember um, science when they go, I guess through they would do, pin the little bugs on their on their foam core board and have everything labeled and have it all looking nice, and they would put that on display in the fellowship hall so that we could all come and see what the kids had done with their science projects. Well, that that is really neat. I think there was a huge amount of interaction going on in the classes between the parent instructors and the participants in the class. And they even do fun things like we would have Teen Spirit Day and everyone would dress up in their favorite sports team colors and whatever, whichever class had the most participation would be, um, you know, the next week would have a pizza lunch. The co-op would throw them, a, you know, bring in a couple of pizzas and that class would get to enjoy pizza for lunch yeah. that next Friday. So uh, lots of fun and interaction and just a way to build relationships and have a strong community. That is great. Charlotte, we're going to take a break in for just a minute for a word from our sponsor, but then I want to ask you about something else. So we'll be right back. Okay. We need to take a break for a word from our sponsor. Many homeschooling families participate in some type of dual enrollment program, and oftentimes a student has finished one or more years of college before they even graduate high school. The ad you're about to hear is from Dr. Livesay, president of Bryan College. I've been a fan of Bryan College for years, and I'm excited about their amazing dual enrollment program. If you live near Dayton, like we do, your dual enrolled child can attend classes on campus. However, if you're not close enough to attend a class, your child can take online classes for the unbelievably low price of $100 an hour. And, if you're a Tennessee resident, there are dual enrollment funds available for high school students as well. You'll be hard-pressed to find a Christian college with a strong worldview emphasis that offers dual enrollment at this low price. So listen up and check it out. Hello, I'm Stephen Livesay, President of Bryan College, and I'd like to tell you about an exciting offer to assist homeschool families. Bryan seeks to provide a stimulating online environment where our students experience a deepening love for God and His truth. And at $100 per credit hour, your child can finish high school and receive college credit at the same time. 
To learn more about your child enrolling in Brian's dual enrollment program, where all classes are taught from a Christian worldview, contact us at online at brian.edu, that's B-R-Y-A-N.edu, or visit brian.edu slash online. All right, Charlotte, I know your son I know your son was pretty involved with speech and debate. Was your daughter involved in that as well? She was involved. She participated for two years as a competitor and then we we stepped away from speech and debate after everything that happened in our family with divorce. We needed to step away and we needed some time to huddle and mm-hmm get back together, and when we joined the co-op that following year, we decided at that point that Eagle was not going to go back into the speech and debate community. We're actually still very involved in the speech and debate community here where we live, and we love it, and it's such an incredible activity. But after participating for the two years, Eva and I have decided that she's not going to be back in a competitive role with speech and debate. Right. Right, but having had children involved in that as well, it, it's almost like its own little co-op. It's such great preparation. I remember the first time ever I went to Communicators for Christ seminar, and I had not put my children in debate up until that time because I actually heard a speaker say, we shouldn't teach our children to debate. That's a lose-lose situation. Even if you win, you've hurt the other people's feelings, or I don't <laughs> remember what all he said, but, but I fell for that, and then when when uh, Communicators for Christ came to our town and I sat in the parent workshops and said, okay, convince me why debate's important, it didn't take long, and I soon realized, you know what, it's not just good for our children, it's good for us, too. It's like conflict resolution 101, but something that's not taught in too many places, but to teach a child to be able to understand the issues and defend a position and articulate it winsomely with a gentle and meek spirit, that is just huge. And my first son who went through speech and debate, um, he competed a little, not a whole lot, but the skill he gained was amazing. And we took him one time to a Worldview conference where there were three big debates. And it was so neat sitting with him because he would critique the debates. And he would say, that's not a debate, that's a monologue. And, oh, they're breaking this rule and they're not doing that. And so it was very interesting. And I know in, in um, the Christian debate clubs, what they debate is neutral enough that they can and have to debate both sides of it. And what a way to to switch those brain thoughts around. In fact, when I was judging one one time in your hometown in Jacksonville, I judged a a team who was the negative team, so they were going against the proposal, and they won and were in the semifinals, and then when they got to the finals, they switched around and defended the other position. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And they did well at both. So I I was very impressed. And I know sometimes those speech and debate can take over your life, and then you don't have time for co-op. And yet some people fit at both ends, and it just depends on how intense you're going to be with the competition. So. But well, what a great we, experience. We were not involved in a co-op when we were doing speech and debate. And looking back on those years, we were very involved. And it did, um, it became a big part of our lives. And I'm so grateful for that. My kids learned so much. I learned so much. And even now, the sweetest friendships that I have in my life and the sweetest relationships that my kids have with other families are from those years of us being involved in speech and debate. And I've often thanked the Lord for for good friends who have supported us through very difficult times. So I, you know, our years in speech and debate were just absolutely amazing. 
provided great opportunities for our kids to learn communication skills, and I absolutely loved it. I, looking back on it, I'm not sure that we could have been involved in the, to the level that we were involved and still have been involved in a co-op as well. But I do know many families who are actively involved in, in their co-op here, and they also participate in speech and debate. So it's definitely doable. I think each family would have to evaluate where they're at and, and the level at which they can participate and still be involved in their co-op. But it certainly is possible, and I know many families who have done it. They do, and I have another question for you because I know that your daughter is successfully blogging about entrepreneurship, and that's yeah. really exciting. I published a book years ago on inventions and inventors, and that led to a huge interest in entrepreneurship, and then I published another book, Plant a Seed, Grow an Entrepreneur, because we discovered when we studied inventors and inventions that children got motivated to invent things. They really enjoyed that. Well, it was an assignment, but they enjoyed the assignment, and, and it made them think with a whole different mindset, too. So what enticed your daughter to go this route? Well, that would have been me. <laughs> um, I have always believed and, and never knew that there was a name for it, but I recently discovered that there is a name for the paradigm that I have as a homeschooling mom. And I am a project-based homeschooling mom. I truly believe in giving our children relevant, valuable, meaningful projects to work on when they're in school as a way to develop specific skill sets that we want to develop for our children. Sure. So I, I'm not big on handing someone a piece of paper and saying, hey, write an essay because today's the day you need to write an essay. <laughs> I, I, that's just not that's just not how, how I, I roll, I guess, as a homeschooling mom. You make it what relevant. I, do, <laughs> I want to make it relevant to their life and meaningful to their life. And if in the process they can do for others and they can make it a project that can impact others for good, all the better. And so my son, Price, when he was in speech and debate, he and his debate partner started a nonprofit organization to advocate for some for some things that's very technical things about energy and using energy in our world to save our environment. That was his project that he did in high school, and he had incredible opportunities because of that project. Hmm. When Eva decided to step away from competitive speech and debate, I knew that she still needed to develop her communication skills, and so we started thinking about what would her project be for her high school years. And for a variety of reasons, we decided that she was going to start a website. And I told her that she could do whatever website. It didn't matter to me what the topic was, but that would be her project. Mm -hmm. And I wanted her to do a competitive rock climbing website because she, she's a rock mm -hmm. climber. And I thought, how cool would that be? She could talk about rock climbing. That's not really being done anywhere. And she just really didn't want to do that. She spent so many hours in the gym training, and she thought, I just don't want to be talking about rock climbing every waking moment of my life. <laughs> and so I needed to do some radical changes with my finances because of our financial situation. And I got the book by Dave Ramsey called The Total Money Makeover. 
but I had to get it on audio version because I had to borrow it from the library. I wasn't, didn't have the money to go buy the book, so I borrowed the book from the library, and it was on audio, it was on CDs, which meant she was stuck in the car driving back and forth to the gym, the rock climbing gym all those days every week. Listening with you. Listening with me. And let me tell you, Pat, she was thrilled beyond belief <laughs> wow. to be stuck in the car listening to some financial book with her mom. <laughs> what, what actually ended up happening is she was completely engaged by Dave Ramsey. She started really listening, and we started discussing the concepts that he was talking about of how to make wise financial choices, how to um, save up for the things that you want rather than putting them on a credit card, and it all just clicked with her, and it made such sense to her. So she started doing some research and found that there are a lot of websites out there helping people to get out of debt, helping them to correct the mistakes that they had made financially, but there wasn't anything out there for young people to help them avoid getting into that situation in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so that is where her idea came up with. She has her website called teensgotsense.com, and that's what she's been blogging for almost a year now about how teenagers can get a great part-time job, how they can start their own business, how they can and get didn't a her blog win an award? She was nominated for a national blogging award. She was nominated for Best New Personal Finance Blog. She did not win, but we were so honored for her to be nominated for nominated. that award. Yes. Well, I'll have to post, I'll post that link. <laughs> that would be great. And then just this week, she was featured in the Florida Times Union. One of the journalists heard about her project and came out to the house and interviewed her. Okay. So through that project, she is she's interviewing other people. She is setting up and scheduling interviews. She's writing blog posts. She's learning how the online world works. She's talking to other students who are going to college debt-free and interviewing them to find out what they're doing to be able to do that. She's talking to teenagers all across the country who have started their own business, and she's able to feature them on her website so that other teens could read that article and get some ideas about how they could start their own business. That is great. So she's not just learning how to build a website, is she? (laughs) No, no, not at all. In Uh fact, what we've discovered is it's such a huge project. I actually partner with her, and I do a lot of the -the behind-the-scenes work on the website itself. She's so busy generating content and scheduling interviews, and she even has an interview scheduled that she's going to be conducting online this afternoon. She's so busy maintaining all of that. It was really too much for one person because, of course, she's still in high school taking, you know, has academic responsibilities. So I'm helping with some of that back-end stuff with the website just to keep everything going. That is so exciting, and, you know, she's just going to be well-prepared for being able to earn money probably at home anywhere she lives. <laughs> well, and really she neat. really does have an entrepreneurial spirit, and so she, but she, the, the purpose of the project, whether or not the website is ever very popular or that it's ever well-known or even even if she never makes any money off of this website, the purpose of the project was for her to develop these life skills, even learning how to talk on the phone sure. and schedule an interview or ask for an interview, learning how to ask for the person that you need. That's a valuable life skill to have. And your most of our students don't just 
They're not just born yeah. knowing how to do that. They they yeah. have to do it. They have to learn. And so this project has given her the opportunity. Like she even got to interview the vice president of a large credit union here in town. And what an amazing opportunity for her to learn these skills within the context of purpose, having a purpose sure. for doing it, not just doing it because mom says, hey, you need to do some sort of an interview. Well, I hope she has considered and is planning to publish the testimony she's receiving because they're so inspiring. I, I've read her blog. I enjoy it, and I like hearing about what these kids are doing. And it, it it's good for all of us to read. So hope she'll put that together. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Now, we're about out of time. So as a veteran homeschooler, because did you homeschool Price all the way through? I did. All the way through many years now. <laughs> many years. As a veteran homeschooler, what suggestions and encouragement would you give to our listeners today in regarding giving homeschooling co-op style a try? Well, like I said, I was really pushed into it and probably never would have tried it without the circumstances in our family. But I'm so thankful that I did, and I think that, Often we need to let go of our preconceived notions. And that's what the Lord allowed me to do, Pat. He allowed me to say, okay, this is a totally different direction than what I ever thought we would go in our homeschooling life. And yet I have to face the reality of my circumstances. We needed the accountability, so I started checking into groups. So I would say that there are so many different types of homeschooling co-ops out there. And if you're struggling and you need accountability in your life, if you need, maybe you have many children and it's hard to keep up with everyone, or you have one that's struggling with motivation, you really should consider giving a co-op a chance. Go and visit. I know at the Vine they're always so open and welcome to allow families to come in and sit in in classes and observe for even several weeks just to make sure that it's a good fit for you. So I would encourage people to give it a chance if you're struggling in those areas and visit different co-ops because one might not fit the needs for your family, but another one might. And so it's definitely worth a try, especially if you're struggling in any of those areas and you need that extra help. That is that is great. That is good advice, and it's it's so good to hear too because I I had co-opt almost from the beginning and have always been involved and just take it for granted that it's something we do, we participate in, we enjoy. But I hadn't thought before speaking with you about how much of an encouragement it can be to the families who are going through tough times and are hurting. And so if you're in co-ops and you have friends who aren't in co-ops, you know, encourage them to come visit. And we've had lots of visitors over the years. That's usually what they do because they think, what what are they doing and do we want to be a part of that and can we just watch and see first before we commit? And and usually they're all won over and they give it a try and they love it because there's there's so many advantages to homeschooling co-op style that you just can't replicate in the home. I appreciate so much you sharing today. And when I do air this interview, I'll be sure and put links to your daughter's blog as well. So thanks oh, so much for right. taking the time to talk to us. And you have a great week. Thanks so much, Pat. Thank you for joining us today. If you like what you heard, Be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, this has been Homeschooling, Co-op Style.